who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Realm presents Bullet Catcher, Season 3, Episode 15. Last Ride of the Bullet Catchers. The town is deserted. Spent cannonballs lie half-buried in the dirt and amongst the splintered remains of the buildings like meteorites fallen to earth. The sound of gunfire comes from the north end of town, where the dark night alights every few seconds with fighting and screams. We ride as fast as we can toward the fighting. Cannonballs arc over our heads and go skipping across the ground between our horses. We are not deterred. Up ahead is a trench dug out like a moat, marking the northern border of town. Masses of gunslingers arranged in tight formation advance a near lockstep on the trench, from which a few heads dare to peek, laying down ill-aimed cover fire. My horse leaps over the trench and lands on the other side. I let the momentum carry me out of the saddle. The bullets are flying. I can feel their energy filling the air. Like a wave on the beach, I smother the bullets, batting them harmlessly into the dirt. Lena and Pass and Ravia form a wall between the gunslingers and the defending townspeople. Nico stands behind us, firing into the soldiers. My god, they're so young, I hear myself saying, as if I was much older. Yeah, and they're terrible shots, says Nico. He's right. The gunslingers are missing high and low. It's as if they'd never so much as handled their shooters before tonight. It's not that, says Lena. They're afraid to shoot us. It ain't easy taking someone's life, especially if you've never done it before. The gunslingers have stopped advancing. In fact, they've retreated a few yards. At this distance, it's not hard to read the tension and fear running through the ranks at the sight of real live bullet catchers. And then the ranks part, and a cannon is wheeled to the front. The operators ratchet it down to fire directly at us, load the ball, and light the fuse. Get behind us, says Pass. 
As she and Ravia move to the front of the line, the gunfire stops. There's an eerie moment of silence. And then a boom like thunder cracks the sky. Ravia and Pass join hands and make a sort of net for the cannonball. They catch it in their arms. Their boots slide backward in the muddy earth. And then, like a spring, the cannonball flies out of their arms, skipping back into the crowd of gunslingers, scattering them. They retreat. Not like a trained army, but like a mob of frightened people running from a monster. They scrabble over each other, not caring who they trample to get away. Until now, none of these kids had ever seen a bullet catcher in the flesh, let alone gone up against one. Their heads are full of tall tales and stories, and now here we are bringing those words to life, and in this moment, the fight goes out of them. They run. Except for one. An older woman on horseback, with a long rifle strapped to her back, watches us with calm eyes. And finally she turns and, barking orders, chases after the rest of the gunslingers. My god, Lena says. It's Raziel. A wave of tension runs through the group. Yu takes off his hat as though to give respect. The muscles in his jaw are tight like a rope and show through his stubble. Nico drops his gun and climbs down into the trench, wraps his arms around Rainer, and kisses him. Nack climbs out of the trench. He has dirt and blood on his face. Glad to see you can make it, he says, trying to play cool. He looks terrible, pale, harried, like a man who's been on the run for weeks and is ready to give up simply to rest. I wipe the dirt from his face with my thumb. I'm glad to see you. He reaches up and holds my hand against his cheek. My hands are warm. He is bone chilled. And then he notices the creature strapped to my chest. The creature stares up, fascinated with its big dark eyes, as if it recognizes the man before us. Who's this? He asks, his voice a whisper. I pick the creature out of its wrapping and hold it in my arms. This is my daughter, our daughter. He reaches out and takes her in his arms and holds her up so they're face to face. And then he brings her in and holds her against his chest. His eyes are wet. And then he pulls me in too and holds me, the creature's tiny body between us. And for the first time since I left, I close my eyes and let myself be held. Remembering what it's like to feel at home. What's her name? She don't have one yet. I've been waiting till she met her father. They won't let us be for long, says Lena, not with Raziel leading them. We've gathered in the sheriff's office. You don't mobilize a force like that just to turn tail and run home. How long, you figure? Asks Nack, tiredly. They'll be back tonight, most likely. With that size of a force, it'll take some time to get them organized. To sort out the ones who are still ready to fight, and the ones who have lost the will. Nack has sat the creature on the desk in front of him. He rests his head on his elbow, letting the child play with his other hand. I almost think she recognizes him, somehow. When's Cass coming? He asks, is she bringing more people? It hurts to think about Cass. I'd managed to put her out of my head till now. She got hurt. Bad. She isn't coming. So this is it? Asks Rainer. This is it, says Nico. 
Then we should run. Where to? Do you think they'll stop at Watertown? They'll keep after us until we're dead. Until everyone who could attest that once Watertown was a real place is dead. Emma's right, says Nack. Raziel told me as much when I went to deliver the surrender. They think Watertown is the start of a revolution, and that if they put us down here, they might be able to avoid another war. She's not wrong, I say, reaching out and taking the creature in my arms. This is exactly the kind of place where a revolution starts, in the hearts of people who never had anything, but who see a way to give their children everything. The night is quiet, but I can sense the gunslingers organizing not far away. We are in the eye of the storm. It's just a matter of time before the wind picks up and threatens to blow it all down. I take the creature to my old cabin that I once shared with Nack. It's much how I remember it the day I left. Time-worn furniture, blackened stove, white paint chipping from the rusty wrought iron bed frame. I sit down on the edge of the bed, lean down, and rest my head on the pillow. It smells like Nack. The creature curls up like a cat in the middle of the mattress. We're both tired. Are you really back? Nack stands in the doorway. I'm really back. I mean, for good? Or when this is all said and done, are you going to be moving on again? I left to avoid nights like this. Because... I thought it would be safer for our daughter in some far out of the way place that no one cared about. But here you are, he says. Here I am. I found my way back on the road I took to leave this place. Sometimes I think it's all circles, loops leading us back to where we started. He nods. You sound like him, you know. Or... At least you sound like the man you've told me so many stories about. People have been saying that lately. Maybe I'm just getting old. Listen, I understand if, now that you're back, you want your own space. I was going to say the same thing. He smiles and comes over to the bed and sits beside me. We lean back, his arm around my shoulders. The creature wakes up and giggles and climbs half on top of him. I close my eyes. It is the second most perfect moment of my life. Right after when I looked into the creature's eyes for the first time and saw the better piece of myself reflected in another. And only now do I realize that it wasn't leaving that was my biggest mistake. It was not telling Knack. Thinking that he wouldn't understand the feeling that somehow he wasn't essential to whatever came next. But we both know it can't last forever. It goes this way in the world. The good times never last as long as you'd like, and the bad seem to stretch on forever. We pick ourselves up off the bed. I strap the creature to my body, and we head out into the night. Across the street, Lena stands on the roof, a pair of binoculars pressed to her face, scanning the horizon. She climbs down when she sees us. They're surrounding us, she says matter-of-factly. There's always the river, says Nack. We built a few rafts. If the time comes, we can escape across the river. It would at least slow them down. It's better than nothing, I agree, though we all know it won't come to that. <laughs> 
Have either of you seen Nico? He and Rainer went back to their shop, says Nack. I head over to their place, knock on the door, and peek inside, not wanting to interrupt them if they're saying their goodbyes. But Nico is just sitting behind the counter, tinkering away at something as if it were any other night. He waves me inside when he sees me. What the hell are you up to? He looks up to me and smiles mischievously. He holds up a leather glove, latticed with brass like the legs of a spider traveling down each finger. Is that the bullet-catching glove? I've been trying to fix it ever since... Well, ever since that day on the mountain. That was years ago. It was worth doing. Besides, this might be my last chance to put aside childish things. He stands, undoes his gun belt, and lets it drop to the floor. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die a bullet catcher. He pulls on the glove and presses a button on the back of his hand. The thing makes a gentle whir. Are you going to test it? Before he can answer, a trumpet blast rings through the night. A warning. Nack ducks his head inside. They're coming. We run out into the street. Gunslingers are lined up like a firing squad at both ends of Main Street. Ten across and ten rows deep. To the west, at the end of each of the smaller streets, they stand double file, torches and guns in hand. Lena takes a deep breath and closes her eyes, her lips moving, sending up a silent prayer. Yu reveals a hip flask and takes a deep pull. Rainer thumbs bullets into his revolver. What are we going to do, Nack? asks Rado standing at the head of the last remaining townspeople who'd stayed behind to fight. Nack looks at me, and then back to his old friend. Take the rafts, get across the river, and meet up with the others at the rendezvous point. If somehow we make it out of this, we'll come get you. Nack and I accompany them down to the river. Rado stands to one side, helping the others board the small boats. He's about to push off when I stop him. Wait, I say, unstrapping the creature. I turn her to face me. Her big dark eyes stare into me, wistfully unknowing. Nack puts his hand on my shoulder. I bring the creature in and hold her, and in turn, Nack holds me. And I hand the creature to Rado, who takes her into his arms. If we don't make it... But I can't finish the sentence. She'll have everything, Rado says. She'll know who her parents were. And then he pushes off. Rafts float downstream. Three dark shapes on the water. They don't even dare put their oars in the water, lest it draw the gunslinger's attention. We watch until they are swallowed by the darkness. It's not the last time, Nack says, as we run up the slope back to the group. I wipe the tears from my face. I know. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. They're away, 
Nack announces as we rejoin the group. I'm with them our last way out, Yu says. You're suddenly chatty, I say. I get that way when I'm about to get killed. You're not going to die, says Lena calmly. Not until Raziel said her piece. She points to the end of the street, where Raziel has appeared at the front of the line of gunslingers. Her rifle lies across her lap. She trots toward us, the look on her face placid. She pulls up and looks down at us from atop her horse. I told you, Sheriff. If I saw you again, I'd kill you. Let's see you try. And I see that your bullet catcher showed up. You must be in my culotta, she says, looking at me. I expect great things. Are you going to talk all night, Raziel? Or are we going to get this over with? Ravia growls. All this time, you, as surreptitiously as possible, has been shifting toward the back of the group. Raziel spies him and a flash of recognition crosses her face. Lazaro, you're supposed to be dead. So are you, he growls. Tonight, I'll fix that. They lock eyes. Then she turns back to the rest of us as though you, I mean, Lazaro, isn't worth any more of her time. I wish you all luck, she says, before steering her horse back to the gunslingers. I don't like that, I say to myself. She's confident because she thinks she can't lose, says Lazaro. Judging by the numbers, I'm loath to agree, says Ravia. It's when you think you can't fail that you're at your most vulnerable, says Pass. Lena turns to Lazaro. Are you okay? He shrugs her off. I have to be, don't I? You can still get away, she says. Swim across the river. We'll hold them here. He looks at her like she's slipped a knife between his ribs. My family were gunslingers, but that didn't stop Raziel from killing them when it suited her. I'm not going anywhere. The bugle blows again, and the gunslingers start marching, shrinking the half circle around us. Everyone who is in a bullet catcher, get behind us, I announce. We form a circle around Rainer, Knack, and Lazaro. The gunslingers stop a block away on all sides. More of them climb the roofs and aim down at us. A hundred or more guns, pointed straight at us. Raziel sits on her horse off to one side of the street. She looks at us almost sadly, and then she raises and lowers her arm. In an instant, the air is filled with a hundred muzzle flashes and thick gun smoke, obscuring everything. The sound of gunfire is quickly followed by screaming. Hold your fire! Cries Raziel. The guns stop. There's near silence. Just the intermittent groaning of people nursing gunshot wounds. And when the smoke clears, we stand in our tight circle unscathed, while more than a few gunslingers lie shot down with their own bullets thrown back at them. Still... It hardly amounts to a dent. Raziel studies the carnage. And then, unmoved, she looks back at us, raises her hand, and lowers it again. Fire! Again, the air fills with gunfire and smoke and the pained sounds of bullets finding their home in flesh. And again, as the smoke clears, Raziel surveys the damage before ordering another attack. Sweat pours down my face. Together, we've made an impenetrable circle while Nack and Rainer and the man in the cassock use us for cover to return fire. But we all know, and none better than Razio, that we can't keep it up forever. Fire! 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 Beside me, Lena cries out in pain. She falters and the bullets find small gaps into our circle. 
Lazaro steps in front of her, guns blazing. Raziel calls for ceasefire. We still have a few moments before the smoke clears. Lena claws at the dirt in pain while Lazaro and Nak quickly tend to her wounds. I'm fine, she says, throwing them off and getting shakily to her feet. She's a woman who matches her bravery to the moment. But her eyes, red with agony, betray her. The first bullet was just a graze, but it distracted her enough that she mistimed the next salvo and ended up taking a bullet in the side and another in the leg. And then the smoke clears. A cheer goes up from the gunslingers. They see Lena's blood and know just how mortal we are. We can't keep this up much longer, says Ravia. She's having trouble catching her breath. Her and Pasa's arms are crisscrossed with bullet burns and near misses. Raziel raises her hand again. Fuck! Something she sees stops her from finishing the order. She stares past us toward the other end of town. We turn just in time to see a wagon trailing flames burst through the line of gunslingers. It screams down the avenue, slowly losing momentum, until it slides to a halt a few yards from where we stand. From the back, three figures appear. First Ricky, then Daniel, and behind him Cass, looking like a woman risen from the grave. When I see her, I can't help it. I go to her and put my arms around her. Weakly, she wraps her remaining arm around me. You can't be here, I say through the tears. You should be in bed. You should be far away from here. If we're going to get through this, she says, we're going to get through this together. The reunion will have to wait, Nico shouts to get our attention. We quickly form back into a circle, buoyed by Ricky and Daniel and Cass, just as Razio resumes the order. Fire! 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 It's no use, Pass exclaims. I'm out of bullets, Nack announces. Me too, says Rainer. Lena's pale as a sheet. She's slowing down. Blood darkens her hastily applied bandages. She takes another bullet and drops to a knee. She's as good as dead, and there are too many shooters for any of us to do anything. If we pause for even a moment, it'll be the end for all of us. Lena's hands drop as though accepting her fate, giving herself up to her god. Lazaro steps in front of her, turning his back to the gunslingers and wrapping himself around her like a shield. There's a series of dull thumps as the bullets riddle his coat. Razio walks her horse closer and closer. Slowly, she moves her rifle from her lap to her shoulder. She takes careful aim, biding her time, and then... A single shot, louder than the rest, rings out. Look out! Cass throws herself in front of me and, with her one good arm, redirects the bullet into the ground. The shooting stops. Raziel sits atop her horse, her rifle pointed skyward, leaking smoke, surveying her success. Cass lays on the ground at my feet. She deflected the bullet, but too late. It caught her in the side, tearing out a piece of her. My legs go out from underneath me. She looks up at me, fighting to keep the pain from her face. She reaches out her hand, slick with blood, and touches her fingers to my cheek. And then she's gone. Lena rolls Lazaro's body off her. His eyes are empty. She stares at him sadly. I don't know how much time passes, but the next thing I know, Nico is lifting me back on my feet. He's yelling something in my ear, but I can't make out the words. Fire! Razio orders, and suddenly life comes back into my limbs. I feel the energy and danger of every gun pointed directly at me. And then the guns go off, and I swing out my arms, making them into a circle. 
drawing as many of them into my orbit as I can, mirroring how I saw Lena do it, dozens of bullets circling around me. And when I've collected all I can, I spin my body, sending them in every direction, sending the gunslingers diving to the ground for cover. Just a little bit longer. Fire! We do it again. But there are too many. And when the salvo is over, my arms are etched with the burns and cuts of a hundred close calls. Emma, listen to me. It's Ricky, standing by my side. Remember what I told you. We will never beat them by becoming the greater monster. We are not soldiers. We are protectors. I look at her. I look back at Nack. The look on his face, that of a person who's about to lose everything he's ever cared about. Somewhere in the night, hopefully far away from here, I sense the creature crying, inconsolable, not knowing where I am and that I miss her like I'd miss my heart if it were ripped from my chest. Fire! The command sounds like a guillotine dropping. Ricky stands beside me. And so do Ravia, and Paz, and Daniel, and Nico, my brother. And when the bullets come, we reach out toward them softly, without force. It is as though I were holding the creature, and gently, we coax the bullets into the ground. Razio calls for them to stop, but after the smoke clears and we're still standing, she orders the shooting to recommence. Again, and again, and again. And now, we start advancing on the gunslingers, because it doesn't matter how many guns or people they have. Lobo's voice flows through my thoughts. One of the first things he ever taught me, that true power isn't something you can hold, it's something inside you. And now I understand that it's even more than that. Power isn't even something you can possess, but something you can only hope to touch for a short time, a minute, or a lifetime, and then you give it away. You let it radiate. I said fire! Raziel screams. We're out of ammo, one of her lieutenants answers. That's not possible! She exclaims, dropping from her horse. She grabs the nearest gunslinger's gun and pulls the trigger. Empty. She grabs another, and another, and another. They're all empty. It's over, Raziel, says Ricky. She turns on us, her long hair falling half over her face. She stalks back to her horse and grabs her rifle, levels it at me, and pulls the trigger. As a group, we reach out and easily push the bullet away. She comes closer and closer, firing every few steps, until she's only a few feet from me. I reach out my hand, only inches from the end of the barrel. She pulls the trigger. Smoke coughs from the gun. She looks, confused, at it, and the bullet slides out the end onto the ground. That's not possible, Raziel whispers. I grab the barrel of the rifle, it's as hot as a frying pan, and pull it from her hands. Turning it around, I punch her in the stomach with the butt of the gun. She falls to her knees, gasping for air. Then I point the gun at her, my finger trembling against the trigger. Don't do it, Emma. I turn to Ricky, but in that moment, I don't see her at all. I see Cass. I see Lobo. I see Heartright. Don't do it, they say. Tears stream off the end of my nose. I jam the end of the gun into the ground where it sticks like a flag. You're finished, Raziel. You're already a ghost. Your time has come and gone, I say instead. She stares up at me with fear and awe in her eyes. 
and I feel nothing when I look at her. Not even anger for what she's done. She's that small. I look up and the gunslingers are staring at me. Go home, I tell them. Go back to your families. This is over. They look at each other. And then, as if suddenly emerging from a dream so real they didn't even know they were in it, one by one they toss their shooters on the ground at their feet, turn, and walk away. And that's the end of that. You're listening to Bullet Catcher Season 3 by Joaquin Lowe. Produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Bullet Catcher is written by Joaquin Lowe, produced by Marco Palmieri, and executive produced by Molly Barton. Performed by Inez del Castillo. Audio produced, directed, and designed by Amanda Rose Smith. Additional editing by Corey Barton. Original theme composed by Hashem Asadolahi, with performances by Justin Morell and Josh Deutsch. Cover art by Christine Barcelona. Christine Barcelona.